hits, man. My nigga Blast say, got that's hits, the, that's man. The, um, that's the dark skin J.I.? Yo, <laughs> he different, son. Nah, he way better than J.I. My man can actually oh, sing. Okay. He can actually sing. Oh, my okay. man is nice. Um, Well, yeah, man, that was my man Blast. Uh, that, I didn't even get to the fire yet, but overrated. That's my shit right now. That's the vibe. Um, what's good, though, chat? Marty, what's good, man? How you been? We waiting on Pascal right now. He running late. Had to put the little one to bed and all that flyness. You know how that go. You know how that go, y'all. So we just waiting on um Super Dad to pull up. Other than that, Marty, how you feeling, man? Um, I'm cool, man. I'm tired. Um, y'all just gonna have to hear me. <laughs> I got, I got a lot of stuff going on over here right now. <laughs> but you know, we here making making it work. You know what I mean? How, how you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know what I mean? You you know what I was what I was dealing with. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just taking time to really just grieve <laughs> properly. You know what I'm saying? Cause Kind of just last week, I just threw myself back into work, and I didn't help at all. Um, that made shit ten times worse. So now I'm just taking my time to really, you know, get back in the swing of things, get my energy back right. And other than that, yeah. though, man, I'm just chilling, working, working, working. Like that's what I did. I just threw myself into my work. I just been so busy, um, working, just creating. This like I, I've come up with so many different plans and ideas. Just sitting silent, um, listening, praying a lot. Uh, talking to my mom, talking to my dad, talking to God, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. talking to the right people, making sure my head and heart is in the right place about a lot of things. So that's really what, I, what I've been on, bro. How you been? Yeah. How's the work situation been, um, man? Oh, my fault. You was about to respond to me. What's up? No, what I was going to say was, um, like, I, I've been sitting down lately and saying to myself, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation and I was like, I realized, like, I haven't really been inspired or, like, felt... Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, felt like creative or anything like that in a, in a long while. And, right. Like, I really had to sit with that. And I'm, like, trying to remember, like, what used to, like, drive me. <laughs> like, I'm trying to remember, like, you know what I mean? And I thought about it. And then so now it's, like, I'm trying to take any little th- thing that happens and uh-huh. use that to fuel to fuel what I need to do, in a right. sense. Right, right, right. So, like, now I'm trying to get back into a creative space again. I'm trying to... I'm trying to get back to like writing and doing other things that I used to enjoy doing to my, you know, to myself, you know, my in my time. Right. But I also feel like I'm not utilizing my the time that I have to myself. I'm not utilizing it correctly. I feel too. So. Got you. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get better with that right now. So I, I'm trying to. So I've kind of been looking at everything that's been going on, or everything that any mm-hmm. little thing that could possibly affect me, and just say, okay, let's use this to kind of like push something positive. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so. I got a question for you. So when you do take your time to yourself, so do you be tripping about like, yo, I got to get shit done or do you just take that personal time? Cause like you said, like you could be using it better, but that's your personal time. You feel me? Yeah. Um, I would say it's both. And mm-hmm. I'm, and that's because to be honest with you, I'm kind of, put, I'm putting myself in a space right now where it's no, let's get stuff done. Okay. Um, and that's because I feel like I sit, I think I sit down sometimes cause I, I'm a person, I stay, I stay to myself a lot, so we know that already, but mm-hmm. I realize when I'm not in a space where I feel like, when I'm not in a space where I want to do something or I'm not in a space where I don't feel, where I feel creative or inspired, mm-hmm. I will be to myself just doing nothing, <laughs> like, you know, which is, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either, but mm-hmm. there's stuff that I want to do, so it's just like, yo, why aren't you doing it? And then, you know, next thing you know, two days went by, three days went by, and it's like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> like, gotcha. So, I'm trying, so now I'm in the space where it's both. So now it's like a, it's like trying to find a healthy balance. I'm gonna take time to say, okay, this is really just my time 
to really just relax or clear my mind. And then I'm going to also say there's going to be those times where just like, okay, no, let's try to get this done. So I'm not going to, instead of looking at a full plan per se, I'm going to put like set markers. So to say, okay, you need to get this right here done. That's going to work with the overall plan. So I'm going to try to like, you know, instead of like trying to force myself or stretch myself thin, just work on certain aspects or parts that I feel like that will help push the long, everything in the long run, basically. Got you. Yo. Yo, Pascal, what's good, bro? What's up? What's good, My dogs. You made it. I've never done this. I can't tell if you guys can see me or hear me or anything. I can hear you. We can see you. I can hear you. We can see you. You good, man. I'm not, I'm not on the camera right now, so that's what so but you're good. Yeah, you straight, bro. You straight, man. Yeah, we was just checking in with each Nah, we good, man. We was just doing a quick check in with each other. Um Marty was talking about um, you know, just using his time and his space um when he's taking his personal time uh wisely. So that's what we was just talking about. Um to respond to Marty, I too sometimes do that, but I had to figure out my balance, right? Because like my work intersects with what i do offline when i say offline mm-hmm. like offline from work you feel what i'm saying so like yeah. literally for work i'm a social media community manager you get what i'm saying so i'm on mm-hmm. social media all day you know what i'm saying for literally professional work and then i gotta run my own social media for what i gotta do for me so sometimes on my personal time i find myself just double working you feel what i'm saying and i gotta yeah. be like all right let me just take this time to really just listen real quick and, and, and mac out but we got the star of the show in the building this evening man my man pascal pulled up you know what i'm saying um i was mad excited to talk to this brother um he's a big inspiration for me in terms of this mental health thing because he's one of the people i've seen really um embracing it publicly for a long time and for somebody that was going through mental health at the time and didn't know it, I was just looking like, whoa, what's that? You know what I'm saying? So it's like coming out on the other side and completely understanding where somebody is coming from um, and seeing where he is now was really uh, beautiful. So I really wanted to talk about his journey, who he is and who this brother is and let y'all know why he's an inspiration to me. You know what I'm saying? So Pascal, you know what I'm saying? Introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? Let them know. Let them know the basics for now. My name is Pascal Michelle. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, mm-hmm. Lived in Flatbush from Canarsie. Went to Westbury, got my mm-hmm. MBA from LA. Uh, graduated on a PowerPoint slide during the pandemic. Hey. Um, everybody knows my daughter, Lana. <laughs> the only person anybody ever asked for. I do tech strategy growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my bag. So anybody needs help, hit me up. Oh, yeah. Yes, me. What's up? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> so this is my guy, man. You, Marty, you, you met Pascal before? Y'all know each other? I never met him, but I do know somewhat know of him. Like I've, I think I've seen him around, I believe, but I'm pretty sure we have mutuals. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. I know of him. I think I know of him, but I have never met him. I don't believe. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Many mutuals is enough for me to be friends. Yeah, that's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact. So, uh, just in case you didn't know what this space is for, it's for us black men. You get what I'm saying? To really come and have meaningful conversation you know what i'm saying that conversation about shit going on a conversation about like popular shit but like our shit you know what i'm saying what we go through and and the words not coming from somebody who studied us but us you know what i'm saying and not even and not even, and not even studied because a lot of people speak for us 
And, you know, people speak from their experiences, but a lot of people speak for us and don't really care what we have to say. So instead mm -hmm. of complaining about those things or instead of forcing ourselves, because a lot of times, like me and Trey spoke about this a lot, a lot of times black men find themselves, when black women have an issue, they find themselves forcing themselves into that issue to mm -hmm. say, what about us? And it's just like, that's not the play time or place for that. So we made our own space so we could talk about our own issues because if you truly care, we will take the time out to do that and not talk about our issues when it's when it's going against someone else's issues. Right. So we just come together to try to have certain conversations that we feel need to be had and that not saying that they aren't being had, but maybe they're not being taken as seriously. So we just come together and have these conversations and try to create a space which is supposed to be a space for us mm -hmm. to better meet each other. Right. learn from each other things right. of that nature right so my brother man um you know like i said you were one of the people who are really championing like therapy and mental health and things of that nature so i wanted to get a little bit about your journey because as black men we don't really embrace that especially especially publicly so firstly i wanted to know like what made you you know speak out and be upfront and honest about you know your mental health and if you don't mind sharing what you've been through so far well, not oh, everything, but you know what made you be so upfront. You know what I'm saying with what you, what you share. You know what I mean? I shared this pain lesson. I'm I'm happy to share. Yeah. Um, I in 2018 um had a mental breakdown. Went to the psych ward. That's how you know I got my diagnosis. Uh, mm. I didn't really understand um depression. I know I've been depressed. Uh, didn't really understand what the word meant. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, like on my, I think my third day, I just remember like speaking to my, um, the intake psychologist, psychiatrist, and he was like explaining to me like my condition and like, I just was like, yeah, crying because he was like, you know, there's a resolution for this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had these, these thoughts in my head forever mm -hmm. and I everybody did, but mm -hmm. they don't, you know, so I didn't really feel the effects of what depression was until like my antidepressants kicked in for the first time, mm. you know, and it just felt like quiet, like, mm. like, um, like whenever I'm going through like something mental, you know, or stressed out, like I feel like something is bouncing around in my head, like, mm. and the medication they put me on, yeah, just stops like everything. Right. I started to feel like um, there was a glass wall between me and my stressors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from there I just started to. Um, I texted my friend Valencia and, you know, she was just like, she just gave me books to read, uh, mm. read Black Pain by Terry Williams, um, The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. Mm. Uh, and that's where I started to like, you know, deep, go deeper into, um, you know, like the signs of depression. Mm. And, you know, one of the first things that I wanted to get rid of that I read in the book was grudges. Like grudges is a, is, is a sign of depression. Like if you hold a grudge, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there may be depression on the way, or you may be a depressed person. Because mm -hmm. um, the depressed mind, it it chooses to go towards the negative more than the positive. Um, and that's what I was feeling at the time. But even that, like, I was on that medication for a couple of years, and I felt good. Um, but, you know, like, what made me actually speak out is because, like, you know, people are all understanding and stuff like that, but the truth is, like, the people closest to you aren't really that understanding until other people acknowledge yeah. it, you know? It's so true. So, so, like, for me, it's like, you know, I've 
you know, I've always had, you know, good relationships with all my friends. I've, you know, been an outgoing person, at least, you know, that's the mask I put on, Right. you know, um, so people, you know, sometimes people message me, you know, I, you know, you don't have to do this or you shouldn't do that, mm-hmm. you know, and well, I'll try to confide in somebody and tell them what I'm feeling, you know, and everybody, you know, reacts differently. Some people is stressful for it. You know, some people think you're being manipulative. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think you're being sincere. You know, and some people have their own baggage and can't carry yours, yeah. which is understandable. You know, for me, it's like, I was like, I have to, like, because I, I know how real it can get, and mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be there. And I feel like, like, it literally feels like I'm I'm unpacking when I talk about it. Got you know, you. and from there, I just got a lot of motivation to continue because a lot of people would just send me messages or DM me, mm-hmm. like asking for advice, tell me that they've been through something similar or worse. Um, and that really just opened my eyes because there was a lot of people, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, that's not what you see on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you know, right. you see the highlight reels and stuff, you know, but nobody really talks about the lowlights. Yeah. Um, you know, but even on medication, like, like it's not meant to be like uh, a solution just as it's like you're supposed to you know use it with therapy which i do mm-hmm. um but it's still going to be complications you still have to get adjusted um i know people have uh reservations about like what you know meds do um i hear that it you know takes away your personality you know stifles you mm-hmm. i've had good bad experiences with different kind of medications but for me it saved my life so yeah, I can care less what people say, you know, and it gave me my personality back, you know, because, gotcha. you know, I'm, I'm naturally like a really, really shy person. You know, I grew up um, in Garrison Beach, Brooklyn. Uh, you know, if, if you ever watch Everybody Hates Chris, like on the show, he goes to school in, in Brooklyn Beach. Yeah, that's really Garrison Beach. Um, and he went to PS 277. I went to Resurrection. It was like down the block. And like, I remember the first time I saw that show and like, I didn't find it funny. I was like, this is like my childhood. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it started, you know, like the first time I got called the N word, I was, what, five, six? Mm-hmm. And taken out of that school, you know, after getting violently beaten, like being knocked out for a couple of hours. And, wow. you know, that was my experience, you know. So I grew up, you know, like, not like this. It was, I was misdiagnosed my entire life. Okay. Like my entire, entire life. Gotcha. You know, so. Like I, my entire life, I've been waking up screaming, uh, you know, panic attacks. My parents would take me to the hospital. You know, no one ever said it was mental health. I've been there to EKG and mm-hmm. voice nothing. So I've had frequent heart palpitations like my entire life, and all that shit. All everything stopped the day I started my antidepressants. I haven't had one since. Wow. And that's just that's just that you know and. You know, it's not always going to be perfect. Like my medication did, you know, um, you know, make me like not make me sick, but it like for me, like when I'm depressed, I don't eat. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have any motivation to really do anything, you know, so I lose a lot of weight, you know, so it makes me eat and it makes me sleep, you know, so I've always been a slim person. So but I started to like get heavy, like I've never liked sweets. All of a sudden I was just buying, you know, chocolate and yeah. just eating all that stuff. But I was like, whatever, like, I'll just take it and, mm-hmm. you know, go for it. Right. Like last year, um, I, I started to talk out like more about it. Like maybe that last year or like this year, because like 
the end of last year, like I started to like do better, you know, and like it was like a t- like last year was like a tough year, but and yeah, around like the election time last year. <laughs> but for me, it was like around election time, like 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 I I when I say like I don't like Trump, like I don't like him as a person, but the reason why I wanted him out was because like his presence was like inciting behavior of people that I know mm-hmm. around me. And it was like triggering me. So like, I was like, shut down. I couldn't, like, I would be staring at my, my computer for like, it would be black and I couldn't move to do wow. anything. And this was like a couple months and I couldn't move. Like I had, like, I just was stuck. And it was because like everything like on the news, I was immediately feeling it or like, you know, and then like, you know, seeing black people getting shot in the street, you know, right. that shut me down, you know, because I've been mistreated by police and white people, right. you know, so, you know, for me, it was like, like, I just wanted help. And around that time, my medication, you know, like I'm a dependent on it, you know, and if you lose your job, you know, during the pandemic, there goes the insurance, Yep. you know, so you got to put yourself back together. And you know, for me, it's like, I take my mental health very, very, very seriously, you know, um, I rode my bike, you know, in the rain mm-hmm. to Brookdale Hospital. I spoke to my psychiatrist. I told him that, you know, whatever he diagnosed me with is not the only thing that I have. I told him that I think I have I have attentive, inattentive ADHD. Mm-hmm. And he was not hearing it. Like, he was judged, like, he was, like, a judgmental, like, psychiatrist. The day I met him in 2018, wow. he... Uh, I think like, around that time I didn't smoke weed. I smoke weed a lot now, like every day. But around <laughs> that time I didn't. Yeah. Like two days before, um, had a cookie boy, um, Candel gave me, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was it. Like, like I had those thoughts like, like three, like three days in a row, and mm-hmm. the the weed cookie calmed me down. Like he pulled my blood and he was like talking to me, like waiting for me, like to admit. Like I smoked weed. I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was just like, like slamming his hand on the table, like, "Tell me you smoked weed." I was like, "I don't." And he was like, "Sing." I was like, "I had a cookie, man." But he was not a good psychiatrist, and it's very important to like advocate for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, so like I rode my bike over there. Me and him had a, a words exchange in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, asked for a transfer. Like I forced it. Uh, rode my bike to Kings County. You know. Walked right in. Uh, I don't know, like, I just walked right in. And my friend was like sitting at the front desk, and I was just like, "Wow, like, okay." And she set everything up for me, and saw a psychiatrist, um, and spoke about. Oh my God, it was so frustrating though, because like, this is <laughs> yeah, like, oh, man, it's hard, man. Because, all right, so like, there's there's always an intake psychiatrist, the one right. who talks to you about like. Yeah your background and this is new they have to read my case file from Bill. Mm. you know so he knows about me this guy looks weird like he looks like he like he has like strands of hair like 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 i don't know like a comb over like right here <laughs> like, looks like right like Doug grew up like yeah so like he was like like interviewing me and like asking me questions and like asking me why i think i have it when i was explaining everything you know he was like you know it sounds like you have ptsd but one thing he did add was like he was like asking me like, you know, why am I feeling this? And I was, I was literally like, you know, seeing people getting shot in the street triggers me. Like, like I, I can't handle it, you know? And he was just like, 
I don't understand why, uh, like, being black people being killed in your neighborhood is affecting you. And I just, Whoa. I want to, like, black. Yeah. Like, I want to, like, lose my temper. I was, like, really upset. Whoa. But, yeah, so I didn't think it would be a good idea to spaz in a psych ward or a psych right. hospital. You know, so I answered him. It felt really bad to have to, like, explain, you know, my past and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you're a psychiatrist, like. I have no correlation with you know black people and trauma like mm. at all you know so i don't understand what you get but thankfully like i didn't stick with him i got a haitian psychiatrist and a haitian therapist and they're wow lovely wow i spoke to like like psychiatrist to me it was like a shocker because like he's like od haitian and haitians aren't about none of that mental shit like at all yeah yeah like, yeah 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 and for him like to hear like somebody speaking frail and explain to me like you know um like his beliefs like then mm-hmm. he would reinforce like Haitian you know um methods of discipline and you know talk to me about resolutions right you know and talk to me about you know it was it was, it was very relieving to speak to somebody who understands like Haitian like Haitian discipline you Absolutely. know because for me that was like part of it because my childhood like you know i like you know i love my parents but like i was i literally like um disciplined as many haitians and people from the caribbean are yeah you know? but for me it was like i had inattentive adhd and i was never diagnosed you know so mm. in class I was, that's the only thing i would get in trouble for and aside from that i was getting bullied all the time you know i was you know called out my name like like i'm not a conceited person i know i'm handsome but mm-hmm. i I've never felt like that because I wasn't called that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever bag the girl in public. I've never, I don't put myself out there. I, like what you see is what you get. Like I'm super reserved, yeah. you know? So like when I would do bad in school because of daydreaming, like, or I beat up by white people, I would just go get home and get beat up again because I didn't do my homework or the teacher or something, you know? Oh. So from that point, you just learn to shut up because there's no point, you know? Mm-hmm. And you carry if you don't unpack like it's gonna become behaviors that your like partner is gonna have to deal with their kids, you know. So that's after that shutdown in around the November, and then I got the help. You know, they switched my medication. The one medication I was on before, it's called Remeron. Mm-hmm. It helps me sleep and eat. Uh very helpful. I'm still taking it at a low dosage at night. But during the daytime, they put me on like that process was really, really bad mm-hmm. um, because I don't know, this is not weird. I and mean, you hear my judgment, but whatever. Nah, but, no judgment over here, man. I, was like, I love playing poker. And like, I went with like my friends, like to play poker and AC and everybody was wanted to do like Adderall. I was like, all right, whatever, you know, white people, cool, whatever. And I took Adderall. Everybody was like, you know, feeling the effects of it. Me, I was just like, fine. I was like, okay just paying attention and I realized I, I was more focused, you mm-hmm. know? And then I thought maybe I have ADHD um, or whatever, but yeah. So like when I got to the point that, that I spoke to my psychiatrist, he listened to me uh, in detail, like he experimented, you know, so I was on like five different ones. I was on, he didn't want to give me Adderall. Uh, and he was just like, um, it's just dangerous. Like he just, it's not going to do it. And, he was like honestly doing it like from 
a Haitian standpoint. He was like, there's other alternatives because um, Adderall is an amphetamine. It's in the methamphetamine mm. family. Yeah. You get really big. You know, that's what a lot of like white people take to like get to college and shit and get those jobs at. Oh, whatever. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street vibes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, speaking to them, like it was really um, in- like encouraging to hear like the Haitian reinforcements. The ADHD thing was like the game changer for me, you know. Um, it's like they started me on Wellbutrin or Bupropion, I think it's called. And like instantly, like the first day I was on it, I I think I, I cleaned my entire apartment. I went shopping, or grocery shopping. I did all my laundry and it was all before like eight o'clock. I could not stop moving. Like I had to like fix everything. Like he told me it was going to help me be organized and stuff, but I was just like all over the place, like fixing everything. Like it was bad. Like, but I didn't mind at the same time, but I was doing things so quickly that I was forgetting things. Like I lost like some memories, you know? Mm. So it wasn't like the smoothest ride. And then like I was on that for like what, seven days. Um, then I did Tianka's podcast and like literally like two days later, like I had a crash, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and I know the difference between like, you know, stressful suicidal thoughts and like induced suicidal thoughts. This felt induced, you know? So I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just like, my head is going crazy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anybody like understands like how suicidal thoughts feel, but like, (laughs) you know, People be like, you know, think about your daughter, blah blah blah. Like, like, it's not, it's not that you're not thinking about it. It's that like your brain is like in so much pain. Like, mm-hmm. like there's level, there's like a spectrum of pain. Like, if your brain is like a little bit stressed out, you may think, hey, maybe I won't get the job, or yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm not good enough, or whatever. If you're extremely stressed out, and, like everything's falling on your head, like my brain tells, like it, it wants to stop pain. That's what it wants to do, and the most efficient way to stop pain is that that's how it feels, you know? So it's not an urge to actually do something. It's, it feels like that's what you should do. And right. it's a filter that's over you. You don't like, like when I was like in December, I had, I had like 10 personalities, like, like in a week, like I had different perspectives. I like the day after I started that, the, the day before I started that medication, I bought mm-hmm. all these like, Red velvet uh, Chobani yogurts. And it was so fucking good. And <laughs> I got medication that morning, the next morning, and it tasted disgusting. Like mm. I couldn't, I couldn't. It tasted like ass. Like I, I could not eat it. Like it was gross. And I kept trying to eat all the food I liked. I don't like chicken anymore. Like I don't really like steak anymore. Like I can't eat it. That's crazy. You know, so like that medication did strip. Yeah, stripped me of my appetite completely. Wow. You know then. You know, in the summertime, like, you know, I was drinking a lot, you know, um, eating a lot, you know, sitting on my ass, you know, it's the, you know, it's pandemic. I put on a lot of weight, had a gut. I was running like two miles a day, wasn't like moving like the scale at all. Um, yeah, it was, it was tough. But like in December, you know, I started to, when I started like the effects of, you know, severity of my depression. Mm-hmm. Like and after like I started medication, I lost like thirty pounds like within like a few months. Wow. Just on that medication, like first I had to like learn my appetite again. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to like I couldn't eat anything. Like the only thing I could stomach 
uh, was like green tea or wow. grapes. Green and tea is the really vibes. Like I love green tea. I love all the tea. That's, that's what I go to bars and get now. Tea. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, yeah, but like it, it started to like, I don't know. Everything started to piece together. Like, yeah. I'm not saying like, you know, be dependent only on, you know, medication or therapy because like, therapy is cool, but it's not like the end all. Eating does the most. True. You know, and like learning, learning about myself so I can identify things. You know, when it's happening in real time. You know, but you know the journey is never easy. It's mm-hmm. really fucking hard. Um, you know, in December I did like, I think. After they put me on that vacation, I stopped. I went to my psychiatrist. I told him that um, I wanted to stop. I was like, I'm not taking this somewhere. I'm not. Yeah. And then he wanted to uh, give me Lexapro. And I was just like, I don't want to take that. Like, I don't want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was trying to like figure it out. But he was like, this is the one you need. You don't want it. All right. And he gave it to me. You know, so the next day I took Lexapro first thing in the morning. And immediately maybe like five minutes later i had suicidal thoughts wow you know like and i couldn't stop it it was obsessive like i started to like look around the room and like you know think about stuff i was like thinking about what would be perfect for it and i was like like and and people need to understand these are intrusive thoughts these are not Mm -hmm. thoughts that you want to have like it's like a a, a trojan force of with an affection in it Mm -hmm. you know so me, I know what it is. I wanted to stop, so I called my friend, you know, Billy, who's been on it, and that's like every brain chemistry's different response to it. Like for him, he didn't, it, he didn't have like suicidal thoughts like like me. Like he had, you know, he was good, like he was fine. But he says it took his personality away, mm-hmm. you know. So immediately, I I took that one pill. He stayed. With What's the name of this? Like, What's the name of this day. again? This is Lexapro. Lexapro, um, but okay. this is not me like bad. It's just like everybody's brain. Everybody, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It has a different, you know. So he was on it for a minute, and mm-hmm. you know, for me, I just, you know, I just started it. So immediately after that one, I dumped the entire, the rest of the twenty nine pills in the in the in the, t- in the toilet, flushed it. Asked my mom to come over. She stayed with me. Asked my sisters, you know, and everybody like everybody close to me, you know, started to like you know, surround me and like support me. And it was really helpful, you know, but it doesn't make it any easier, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, little by little, you know, I started to, I'm a very, very stubborn person, like very, very stubborn. And like, I grew up in the church and I'm not, you know, the, you know, I'm a good Christian, but I don't like, I don't like church. Like I, <laughs> right. like I fuck I really do. I like God. I don't want to go to his house and drink his son's blood and eat his flesh. But <laughs> I, like, but I still like to appreciate everything in church. I went to Brooklyn Tabernacle like since the age of like four. You mm-hmm. know, long I got dedicated there. You know, I grew up there. You know, but I also had bad experiences there. So I've had like, like this. I don't know. Anger against God for a minute, and like my mom has been telling me to pray like like from like a long long time. Yeah, and. I I do it passively, but around that time, like, I really just felt like really really alone. Like, yeah. Like, you know, because people could, you know, think you're stressful or like take a step away from you or abandon you. But like, every few times, little people walk away from me. I'm like, I wish you could take my brain with you so I could, I could be fine too. You know, I can't. 
take space from this and it's hectic you know so mm-hmm. i don't know i just started to like like think about my mom and like i don't know like that song never what's it called never could have made it by marvin sapp like i just started to like interpret it differently and mm-hmm. like whenever he was talking about god and stuff like to me i just started talk like hearing it as like whenever he referenced god like he was talking about you like right because god is in you so yes like when I put it that way, it sounded like, you know, you, like you need to take care of yourself in order to make it. Like that's what you have to do. Like you have to invest in your health, you know, your wellness. And yeah, I prayed to God. I was sitting here and I never pray. And I just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, the burden was lifted and I could just focus on what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel so heavy. It wasn't perfect, but it was helpful. Um, then I started doing, I did meditations. I got the Zen app, um, very good. Started closing my eyes and like going through it. So like, and then I did a digital, uh, a digital cleanse. I read Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I realized that a lot of my stresses were coming from my phone. Yeah. Um, like your phone is designed to pull you like it's like like when they have apps like they call you users like it's pulling you all day like you know so i had to like i deleted every single app off my phone deleted all of my social media and i just started to like focus like on what was in front of me um you know because like i would wake up you know and for me like, i cherish like i cherish all my days where i feel good because like mm-hmm. I, most of my life i didn't yeah you know so i don't I'm not taking, you know, chances with that, you know, like most days I'll wake up and I'll, you know, if I feel okay, like that's great. You know, I, that's a good thing for me, you know? Um, so like you know, what's, what I do first thing in the morning, I just turn over and like, and look at my phone and someone got shot and killed. And like, all of a sudden my day's ruined or something's in the back of my mind or like, I don't know. I don't know, there's always something on the internet. You right. know, people just brag about life and like put on a facade. Uh yeah, I just needed to break everything. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, things just started to click. My brain started to like repair itself. Um, I went well, this is after I went back to him and I was just like, All right, man, I'll try it, like I'll trust you. And he was just like, All right, cool. Like he put me on it. Great. Like I didn't have no suicidal thoughts at all. Wow. Um, and then I started to like understand really what anxiety is. I didn't know what it was until it was gone. Like mm. I don't have anxiety now. I have bad, bad social issues. Like if I was not on this medication, I would not be able to talk to you right now. I wouldn't. Wow. Um, but like I started to realize it because little by little, I just started to feel more comfortable in myself. Mm-hmm. Like there would be many days where I would be like, I used to make my friends laugh. I used to, you know, gather everybody, you know, that used to be me. Like I used to be a happy person, like, mm-hmm. you know, but like with anxiety, it's like, you're constantly worrying. Like, like part of like anxiety to me is like an attention issue. Like once I started treating my issues, like everything started to be better mm-hmm. because with depression and, and a lot of people may have they should know that. Like it doesn't do your stomach. Like it doesn't do 
it just means like oh. your brain is distracted. There we go. Some some was um interrupting you for a second just now, but I think you're straight. I think you should be good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So when depression and ADHD combine, it's it's always a distraction, you know. Mm. So, uh, what's some of the things that I was prepared? Uh, I like I've always struggled with reading. Like like I couldn't. Like I would read pages and turn and then like like retain anything. Yeah. And I'm like on the thirty fifth t- tangent of something in my mind. You know, and then I go back to the first page. You know, that's, <laughs> that was me for reading. Yeah. I, like, I could read anything and retain everything. You know, everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel it feels wonderful. And I like and I didn't think that I thought you just meant like you know, focusing on one thing, and also like I feel more focused on everything. I feel when I'm talking to like my friends, relationship, you know. I feel more focused. Like I don't know. It it makes it like kind of like optimizes my brain to like the point you know where like I don't really get confused. Um, like if I don't get writer's writer's block anymore, it removes mm-hmm. like. Like it gives me, a, it gives me like a streamlined path of like, of solutions. And right. I wasn't like this before. I was struggling on my job search in December. Like I had an interview with a company called Formula, and you know they made nootropics. The the founder Adam Greenfield was like so dope. Like did a lot of research. I was extremely prepared. You know what? My brain is fucking with me. I cried during the interview. Like I couldn't remember like my background. Like I couldn't like. He asked me about my like my past. I just was blanking. It was like I was, you know, opening like a computer folder and like nothing was in it, yeah. and I was looking for it. And I apologized, and he was just like, you know, I get it, you know. And he did get it because he started a neutral company. But he was like, you know, if you ever feel like you know you want to reach out, you know, I definitely understand. He's like, you sound like a good person, or whatever. And like I was struggling, you know. Mm-hmm. Now like I'm into mid to final stages with like like six startups you know people are like reaching out to me my interviews i've been like excelling you know i've been having people like reach out to me asking me to do work for them you know and like it's honestly it's just like my medication put a lot a lot of stuff together yeah like i i i can't explain like it's it i feel wonderful you know yeah. i remember there was a where della i don't know if you know della but della's yeah that's my guy like, i don't know probably like the, nicest black person you'll ever meet like yeah <laughs> um, but he would have these, oh you know and i would feel like i would feel like like happy i was there but like i didn't feel comfortable like mm-hmm. and it wasn't anybody anything i just i was just always worried about what people think mm-hmm. you know and that's what anxiety is you know so if i'm having a speech i'm distracted by the thought of people judging me Mm-hmm. You know, so I can't focus. You know, now I can have a speech and I can stand there and just focus on my topic <coughs> and not be distracted. Right. You know, and it, it and it's <coughs> I don't know. It's there for everything. You know, mm-hmm. like now when I interview, they got asked me like the, the most random question. I can pull it immediately and explain it. And I couldn't do that before. You know, but I don't know. It's remarkable for me. I love it. Uh, I can't. <coughs> I can't knock it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thankful for everybody that supports me and like reaches out. Right. Um, but yeah, like it changed my life. 
for real. That's like your like I said, man. Yeah. If you're not inspired by this brother's story, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like to hear everything that you've been through and to see you, you know, on this smiling. You know what I'm saying? And being able to, like, I didn't even need to jump in there and guide you. Like you've held, you held that down. You know what I'm saying? Explaining your journey, streamline, no problem. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's super dope. And I want to ask, like, um, what made your decision to start the journey? I know you said you had, you know, a lot going on, but what was that, you know, that moment that was like, all right, let me go to this hospital and, you know, get right. That first time, you know what I'm saying? First time, it wasn't my choice. Like, it okay. was against my will. They took me. Mm -hmm. But it, like, you know, the medication worked. Like, I was sitting on the edge of my bed. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, it's quiet. I was reading, like, Patron's book. I love Al, my brother. Um, and he didn't need to like say anything. He didn't need to convince me. Like the clarity in my head was, and I was just like, I I'm gonna stick with this. Yeah, that's the. You know what's funny? That's the same for me. Like I had no choice. They just came and got me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what's crazy? Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> like hearing hearing your story, right? And like listening listening to it, and how you kind of like cleared up a lot of stuff for me in a sense, in terms of like understanding. Mm -hmm. what like how how like how it works or, or, how, or like understanding how people people um like actually feel and see because mm -hmm. like maybe i want to say three four years ago you know like i had a regular doctor like you know my regular you know um checkups you know twice a year whatever whatever Absolutely. and you know the nurse normally asks you know do you suffer from anxiety or, or depression i always just say no right i just say no and then one time i decided i'm like let me not say no i was like what is, and I asked, like, what is anxiety and depression? Like, how do I know if yeah. I am going through that? Because, and I decided to just ask this one time, because I'm just like, technically, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's been time, there's been times I'm like, I feel like I think I may, I might be down about something, but like, I don't think I'm depressed. I don't think I have anxiety, but I also said to myself, maybe I'm just telling myself that. You know what I'm sure. saying? You just never know. Right. So I asked. That's the So I asked, what's anxiety and depression? She looked, she looked me in my four eyes. And she said, if you have to ask, you don't have it. I said, nah, I need a new, I need to get a new doctor. <laughs> I said, nope. I said, nope. I can't, I can't stay here because Facts. now I honestly didn't believe. I, I honestly didn't think I had it. But I was like, I don't think that's the answer you should have gave. Yeah, real talk. I think I felt like she should have maybe questioned a few things. Or maybe it's not really in her like job description, I guess. But yeah. I feel like that shouldn't have been the answer. But then also, it was an older woman, too. So I'm just like, you know, they're stuck in their ways. And they don't under, they're stuck in their ways at the end of the day. So yeah. I was just like, you know what? I need to get another doctor because I feel like that wasn't a valid answer. So then hearing your story as well, and what, and like when you're breaking stuff down, I'm just like, yo, that it just, like, I learned a lot just now, to be honest. Yeah. I learned talk. Yo, you mentioned something. Um, you, like, you, like, I don't have depression. Like, well, I think when I was reading Scott Peck's, book like he mentioned like that's like one of the minor minor like you know like uh points to show that you have depression like like i said it's a spectrum like to mm -hmm. be like i don't have depression is negative it's telling you like you're not really experiencing what your body's experiencing you are you feel it like it's real it's a master manipulator like it manipulates you to believe like things that aren't true like there was a point where i believed like my daughter would be better if i wasn't here and it didn't feel good. I never want to feel like that again. And mm -hmm. I didn't choose to feel like that. It was just 
forcing itself in my head, you mm-hmm. know, so I'll do anything, you know, to protect myself. And, you know, I had to learn a lot. You have to set boundaries mm-hmm. and boundaries are important. Very, very important. You know, you got to set boundaries on, you know, how long you can let things affect you. You know, so if I'm like really fucking mad about something, you know, I'll give it, you know, five minutes a day. I don't know, but that's all I'm giving. Like, I can't carry it around after like that because it's like negative thoughts, like breed more negative thoughts in my head. Yeah. You know, real talk. It it, it makes like everything worse. Like one of the one of the other things about anxiety, I forgot to say this, and I mentioned grudges also, is because like, you know, anxiety is. A, is is a distraction worry you know and like say you're in like a relationship or you have something with a friendship or you know something bad happened where you just can't get over it right um you know the feelings that keep bringing it up and like still be mad at it let us say like it's a year two years later like that's like that's a distraction that's an attention issue you cannot stay present in your relationship or your friendship because you because like like when I got on that medication, it like it felt like it put all my feelings back where they belong, like in the past. Like, like you know, like, like for example, like my grandma. Like, I used to cry about her every day, and I definitely do miss her. I don't cry about her every day, you know. But I used to feel like it didn't matter if it was ten years later. I used to feel like she just passed away, mm. and now I feel like she passed away twelve years ago. Yeah. Um, and that's a wonderful feeling to have because you stay present in your mind and you stay present in your relationship. There's no bringing up bullshit. There's no, you know, holding grudges. Like I urge people not hold grudges. I'm not saying that you need to be friends with people because, you know, forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation, mm-hmm. but you know, you have to do, like I said, like boundaries for yourself. Like it's all about you. The first thing my, my therapist said, when I started was, you know, if you asked me about like, who am I doing it for? And she, I, of course, I said my daughter. She was like, wrong answer. Like, if you're driving, like, and you run out of gas, like, everybody's stopping you, you know? Mm-hmm. So you gotta protect, gotta protect yourself. Like, I don't let people fuck with me. Like, I don't let people like, you know, I just had an incident with a job where I had to leave. And I'm like, all right, I feel like myself regressing, so I gotta go. Like, I'm not going there. I, there's no money worth, like, fucking my mental health up mm-hmm. you know? i could have easily not been here yeah you know? but yeah that's real that's real um i know with me uh triggers was a big thing for me like how do you for you well how do you manage your triggers when you're in you know the right mind or if even if not like what are some things you do to manage them if you can you know what i mean oh same thing i'm a boundary ninja like Things don't really like trick me that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Pretty stable. Um, if I don't know, if somebody's bothering me, like I'm, I keep. I'm never. I'm not a rude person, but I'll respectfully tell you, like, you know, I'm gonna take my space because, like, I have to. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't let people dump shit on me because that's what got me into the hospital. Because everybody, you know, thinks I'm a rational person. I'm a nice guy. You know. I give good advice and I have no outlet, you know? Yeah. Real so, talk. That's yo, that's so yeah, like, that was a lot of my struggle too. Bro. I real, talk. That. real talk. Yeah. That's definitely one of my, 
and I just gotta protect myself. That's that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not worth it, like like for, like right now, it's like I don't know. It's kind of like like the, the like the, when I, my interactions with people when I tell them that I'm not drinking anymore. Like some of them I'd be like, "Congratulations!" I'm like, "I I have a problem, but I right, think yeah." <laughs> but he <but laughs> was like. <laughs> When I started my medication in uh, December, like I felt so good, like I felt amazing, and I didn't want to lose it. Like I remember, I went out to a bar, people like asked me to take shots and stuff, and I didn't mention this before, but like this time around, I I just chose to stay, and people were talking to me like they're like I haven't seen you talk like this in like a year or two, you know. I was being social, I wasn't you know keeping to myself like I usually do. And I just like, like, I felt like myself was on the surface and I like, like depressed, mm-hmm. you know, and it felt good. And then I started realizing with my diet, you know, cause like, you know, in the pandemic, I was eating so bad. Like, you know, my doctor was like, my blood issues, you know, it wasn't looking good for me. Talking about like early death and stuff. And I was like stressed out about it. And I accidentally solved that because my medication stripped me of my appetite mm-hmm. and I can't eat unhealthy things anymore. My body crave it anymore. And that medication, like when I say it, 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 when I say that it gives you concentration, it helps you put order in your life in mm-hmm. every capacity. Like it makes me want to groom myself. It makes me want to clean my house. It makes me want to wash my dishes. It makes me want to be more diligent. It makes me want to, you know, make the, everything organized. Like I'm a very organized person, you know, and that's one of the things that people don't understand. Like everything doesn't need to be as hard as it is. This medication doesn't take anything from me at all. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm happy with my appetite, you know, because I went from like possibly having leukemia to like I have my health is fine, right? You know, and my like all last year, like I never had skin. I had like eczema like on my neck, back, and. You know, because I my appetite changed and like I could only eat drink tea and eat oatmeal, you know, for like months. Like mm-hmm. my eczema cleared up. Like all my health issues cleared up. That's what's up. You know, man. then my body started speaking to me. I, yeah. Like like your body like you know, it talks to you. Like it doesn't it does. lie. You know, it treats it you as you treat it. Yep. Like and like and I I feel mentally better, like even off medication. Like I feel mentally better when I eat better. Same, I feel same mentally here. better when I don't. It, it, it's, I don't know, like, it lingers. Like, the feeling lingers. Like, if I were to eat a steak, and I fucking love steak, you know, it stays with me. Like, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I feel it, you know. Then gut health, gut health, I, like, affects my mental health. You know? Same here. It's it all, you know, so... That shit, like, you know, saved my life. It accidentally did, like, made me stop drinking. You know? Yeah. And every day, day by day, I just became more comfortable, like, with the thought of never drinking again. And I got my MBA, and I was going to start a beer company. <laughs> and <laughs> now I don't drink. That's crazy. But, yeah, I remember you saying that. Like, I'm I'm, one of the days we linked up, you gave me, like, you was like, yo, you got to try this beer right here. This, and it was, like, your thing. Like, you knew about that kind of shit, and that shit was dope. Um, I got I got another question for you. Um, So... Like when you were going going through it, like in the moment, um, you said like um it, it was helpful. 
but it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't everything I needed. What would, in what way would have been the best way to support you? What do you, what, 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 you said like when your, you said your parents came around you, like when you was going through it, like your parents came oh, around yeah, you, yeah, things yeah. like that. You was like, it was helpful, but you know what I'm saying? What was it that was missing that you needed from that? I mean, I, I mean, it's more than helpful. Like it was pure love. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't matter like how people close to you are, like the thoughts are still in your head. Yeah. You know, um, but being like, you know, one one thing that is uh, familiar from like my nighttime medication is that like the feeling of like being near people I love like gives me the same feeling like like that medication to me like it just raises like I don't feel I don't feel depressed on the yeah and if I'm not with her like I do yeah <laughs> and it just raised raised serotonin. That's that's mad dope. I was I I noticed that recently, like like I've been paying attention to it. You get what I'm saying, like intentionally. So it was like before I went to Atlanta recently, my energies was mad low, and then I got to Atlanta, and they was like, oh shit, like I'm a, I'm the oldest of seven, and I don't really get to see my brothers and sisters like that. I'm the last mm-hmm. one in New York. My dad lives in Costa Rica. My mom lives in Atlanta. My close close family is gone. You get what I'm saying? So it's like my spirits was mad low. So it's like getting down there, I'm like, all right, let me pay attention to, like, my actual energies, not just, you know, I'm excited to see my family, but my actual energies, how am I feeling on the inside, and it was like, yo, it was like that soothing I needed, you know what I'm saying, and it's like family and love and things of that nature and being around actual genuine love really is, like, like, almost medicine, not medicine, but, like, it really helps your mental health, you know what I'm saying, because, like you said, like, you always worrying about what somebody think about you and things of that nature. When you're around people that love you unconditionally, there's nothing to think about. You know what I'm saying? It's always been dope. I mean, I mean at the same time, like, it doesn't mean things are going to be perfect. Yeah, People facts. are still going to distance themselves. Like, facts. people, like, like, it, like, as understanding as people say they are, like, people get fed up with you. You know, like, for me, like I said, like, I, I did digital minimalism. I still get touch from people like upset that I'm not responding. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yo, act like I have a razor. Like I treat my phone like it's fucking 2005. Right. Like I that I just you know, I don't use it for everything. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean I love Twitter because Twitter doesn't give me like any stress. Yeah. And I don't know, TikTok is my godsend. Yeah. It's but amazing. It's so funny. Other than that, I can't be Instagram, man. I hate it. Oh, I, I can't do Instagram, so um, I can't do it. What up, Marty? Yeah, I was going to say, um, based on something Pascal said a little while ago, um, two things. I always said, like, one time I felt overwhelmed in my, like, one time I really, like, I could always remember feeling overwhelmed. I used to work overnight, right? And I, I remember I told my friends I needed a break from them. And it was because all of their problems, like, they used to have, like, relationship issues and stuff like that. I was always the person, I'm always the person that people used to come to, to just talk, vent, their advice, everything. And at one point, I used to be at work overnight, and my all my mind, everything, only thing on my mind while I'm at work was their issues, and it was going on for like maybe two weeks. And I was just like, and it hit me like, why the heck am I like? I feel like I'm stressing myself over their issues so much. And I was like, yo, I remember like talking to them, and we were like laughing about it. I was just like, listen, I need a couple of days away from y'all issues because <laughs> I was like, it's, it, I was like, it's really. I said, I, I realized. I went on maybe two weeks to where 
anything that was going on <laughs> my, in my life didn't really even really happen because my mind was literally just on everyone else's issues. And I yeah. literally was starting to feel overwhelmed by it. And so, like, what one thing you said is, um, and this is another thing, too, like, Trey brought up a while a while back, and we, we kind of, like, reinforce it all the time. It's giving people grace as well. Yeah. So it was like, you have to find, uh, you have to find an area where you, like, being who you are and being there for people, but also having time for yourself and yes. understand, and not letting it cloud your mind in a sense. Mm -hmm. Because you can also stress yourself out on other people's problems. Oh, yeah. So, like, you have to find a mm -hmm. good balance for that. And it's kind of... And it's kind of hard too because like you don't want to shun people or block people out because you don't know what people are going to going through. It. I mean, so that's the whole thing about giving people grace as well. So it's like you have to find a balance for that. And a second thing, real quick too, one thing you said about your, your eating, like you're eating, you what exactly what you're feeling with it is exactly what it really is because we don't take into account. And I've always said this, and I think this is also because of how. Like I'm Jamaican, so like a lot of stuff that I say and do is comes off as a 60 year old roster at times. So <laughs> I will always tell people. I used to always tell people like when it comes to consumption, yeah, it's not just food. It's your mental, what you take in mentally, the things that oh, you shit. see all day, the things that you speak about all the time. That's what you're consuming. That's so one thing with food, mm -hmm. one thing with food that we don't, we don't like embrace or notice enough is that yes, what you're eating is messing with your health and mental health because. The inflammation from the foods in your stomach, and the the sci science will tell you there's a direct effect to anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, so I always like I tell people you don't have to go cold turkey and not eat certain things, but you know we have to be mindful sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you can still enjoy some things, but be mindful of what we're doing, or you know, or like try to incorporate you know better eating alongside of it as well. Because one shit. thing that we one thing is that especially living in America what people need to understand is that they don't care. Like the food industry don't care about us here. The no. Food, our, like, look at those. If you look at our food, our, the very same product we eat here in another country, it, the ingredients are different. Yo, other let me tell you, can I, can I give you a quick tidbit? Can I give you a, yo bro. So look like you, I had to stop eating beef and things of that nature. Like, because it would like fuck with me. Like it would fuck with my head. It would fuck with my stomach. Right. So I go to South Africa. Right. And they like, yo, try this and it's just like you know some goat meat and then it's some beef or whatever the case may be i'm like oh man i'm in suffering i gotta do it because it's like their culture and shit i don't want to be disrespectful so i eat it i eat it this this story is not anticlimactic nothing happened but let me tell you eating beef in america i'd be down for four days i get yeah, literally get it, yeah. sick i literally get sick so you got to understand like the way the the animals here are raised Cat is 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 it counts so my formality no i was gonna say because our the, the um fda they, they literally allow them to put chemicals in our foods that they know aren't good for us mm -hmm. and other countries let's say like england and stuff like that the same ingredients they they take out to and give it to the other countries because those countries say you cannot have this enough in, in the food Mm -hmm. So, like, they literally don't care here. So we have to really, like, look at what we're eating. So if you feel away from eating something, don't ignore that. Right. You, have, you have to, like, so, like, even if you feel away one time, you think it's a mistake, you do it a second time, you take that and say, oh, nah, something is up. So we have to it's be real, mindful though. of everything we consume. So that's what I was going to say. So you were right about that. It has a direct effect on our mind and, what, yeah. and how we think and things like that. Yo, you got some comments, too, yeah. Pascal. Let's just speak on let me say this thing really Do quick. Do you think? Oh, okay, I don't know if this machine is fine. I'm 
I'm a little bit high. But um, uh, yeah, so for me, when it comes to appetite, like in food or whatever, I don't put anything in me that takes something from me. Um, so I don't, you know, if I'm eating like a heavy meal or like, you know, chicken wings, like I'm gonna get the itis. It takes energy for me. So I'm not doing it. I don't like that right. feeling. Um, drinking takes energy. It takes days away from me, you know. I'll be lethargic the next day. I'm not going to be productive. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one thing. Um, and and like and like you've said, like you know, my health, like it manifests messes with my mental. So I'm not. Uh, that's my reason more to do it than anything. Yeah. Um. You know, vegetarians are really annoying, but yeah, man, they have to stay to something. But um, you mentioned advice. Like I had to learn how to set boundaries around that. And it just took me back to like, when I did like social psychology and to teach you how, like, how to speak to people. You know, I hate unsolicited advice. It doesn't, I, it doesn't mean I hate the advice, but if I didn't ask you for advice, don't give me advice. Mm-hmm. That I don't mean to be rude, mm-hmm. but if you giving somebody advice and just giving them solution, of course it's gonna burden you and you're gonna think about it all the time because that's your solution you gave. They're gonna come back to you if it doesn't work, you know? So, like for me, it's like when people like when people come to me and talk to me. Like a lot of people just don't do it. Like it's very it's very simple, you know, to help somebody with advice. You just ask them questions. Like that's it. Just ask open ended questions and help route them to solve their own problem. You know, if you help them solve their own problem, they're not going to come to you because it's their solution. You know, they're going to be probably more satisfied, and it's not going to be on your mind. You know, so I'll talk to somebody that have a problem. This person made me feel that. How does that make you feel? Um, makes me feel upset. What do you usually do when you're upset? I do this. How does that like I just you go into like they're like, oh what? this might be a good idea. And then that's it. So I don't really carry stuff with me like that. And it's and it's been working for me, you know. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like, don't carry it. No, you know you know what's funny about that? Because I literally explained this to people at my job. <laughs> they're all, all, and I always laugh because I'm like, yo, since I was maybe like 18, I always said, yo, adults are really just grown kids. And I'm like, I remember explaining this to, at my job because this is something that I try to tell everyone to do. Well, not tell everyone, but I say I think everyone should keep this in mind. When it comes to advice, the problem with advice, a lot of times people feel the need to try to solve people's problems. And sometimes people ain't asking you for a solution. Yep. So... One thing, and that's why stuff, a lot of stuff comes off a certain way, or you push people away as well. So, like one thing that um, me and one of my mans do, do, which is something, like for instance, he'll call me, and like I said, I'm one of the people that a lot of people come to for stuff. He'll call me, and the first thing he would do, he'd be like, "What up?" Or whatever, and be like, "What's good?" He'd be like, "Yo, you busy?" I'm like, "Well, no, I'm chilling. What's good? Like, what, what happened?" And I, I can tell by when, when something, you know, he probably going somewhere with it. Then he goes, "Yo, you home right now?" Or like, "What are you doing?" Or whatever, like. And he does that because he wants to know what space I'm in before mm-hmm. he tries to unload his mm-hmm. problems yeah. or something. And I always respected that because he literally would ask me three questions or so. And I know what he's doing before he even starts anything because he, if I'm at work, he's not going about to tell me unless I say, nah, you good. You know what I mean? A lot of people will just call you and just start dumping everything on you. And then sometimes that's the only time you ever hear from them too. So that's another thing. But um, so I, I tell people, and I remember explaining this at work too. Like sometimes, if someone gets 
like I think someone was saying something along the lines of you know they've given somebody advice, and I actually told it to my mother too. My mother mm-hmm. was like, she's uh, her sister. She, cause my mother's the oldest, so she's like, her sisters must have had an attitude. And stuff. I said, Ma, because they didn't want your advice, and then she was just like, what? If, she was like, they can't. I said, Mom, you have to understand. A lot of times when people come to you for advice, they already know the answer. All right, you just gotta let them get to it. So I said, sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta realize when someone comes to you, they just wanna they just wanna vent. Let people vent sometimes. You actually don't have to. We think we got to do something. I said, a lot of times you ain't got to do nothing but listen. Mm-hmm. But when you start saying stuff, then people have an attitude with you or feel a certain way because they didn't ask you. So when people come to me and they vent, I normally say, hey, or before they start, I'll be like, hey, are you come, or you, do you want to talk right now because you just want to get off your shoulders or do you want my opinion? And that's one thing I, I asked told myself, yeah, ask people, do they want your, because if you don't want my opinion, I ain't got nothing to say. I'm just going to let you talk, and then if anything, I'll ask you a question or whatever the case is, because a lot of times, and I tell you, people, that's why I say sometimes people have issues in the terms of a lot of times people know the answer to whatever it is they got, got going on. They know the answer already. They just need to mm-hmm. talk to somebody, because, and that's why when people say, oh, and I tweet about this a lot, about the gallon and stuff like that, but when people say, oh, am I bugging? You know you bugging already. <laughs> like, once you, people know the answer to things, they just need to talk to somebody yep. first to make feel better about it or something like that so i was like we just have to be mindful do not offer like you said unsolicited opinions i ask people do you want my opinion or do you just want to talk and then that's where you know where to go from there sometimes too nah you ain't lying you ain't um i just want to say on this topic real quick Mm -hmm. um i lost it it's all good i lose my thought all the time (laughs) (laughs) um but let me read some of these comments. I, I, I love, um, yeah, I love. Exactly, yo. But you getting mad love in the chat. Um, my man Jet Drew said, "Peace, Cal. Love you, bro. Love you, bro." Um, Spliff Bailey said, "Wow, I needed to tune into this." Um, Jet Drew had a show suggestion for us. He said, "Watch that Zac Efron shit on Netflix called Down to Earth." Um, that might have something to do with what we was talking about. Um, Shauna Champ said, "Gotta set them boundaries. Even someone venting can transfer energy to you." Hall facts. Whole facts. Colton said, "My guy Pete Cow, they best." Know what I'm saying so. You you was getting comments. So you was getting comments all through the all through it. I just don't like to interrupt when you know what I mean. We we having conversations. You know what I'm saying. So um, we had an hour yeah, and fifteen. Just, That's crazy. Time flew. Wait, what'd you say, bro? You said that you had questions. So. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah um, anybody got questions on for for Pete Cow? Anybody got questions for me? Marty, before we get up out of here, I know um, for me, I want to ask, um, how can me as a brother support you? You know what I'm saying? Even more. You know what I'm saying? Because I fuck with you heavy. I mean, you already do. You already do, man. Like, you make yourself available. You know, oh, I just got a pack. When I'm talking to people, I always ask them how they're doing first. It's very okay. intentional for me. Like, even like with you, like, I text you how you're doing. Mm-hmm. If somebody is not doing well, I'm not gonna continue to like, you know, request advice. You know, yeah. give them their space, let them know that I'm there. That's what I always do. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, man. That's what I always do. And I I do find that helpful. Like that. I mean, as a brother, like, you know, just make yourself available. Like, I don't know, I just feel good. You know, I'm very thankful for everybody. I'm thankful for, you know, life i'm thankful for you know what's it called that marvin sap song thank thankful for it all i love that song yeah i'm thankful for everything man like 
struggle with strength. Um, you know, you're not going to recognize heaven when you see it if you haven't been through hell. Like, I'm just I'm Pause. Man, I love what you're talking about, man. Because, like, I know it's not cool to do when you talk about, you know, God and faith and things of that nature. But it's so wrapped into our bones and our making as a people and who we are and where we come from. There's a spiritual realm to this. And however you believe in it and however you got to tap into it, tap into that, man. It's so important to, you know, alleviate yourself and, and, and to grow, man. It's, when, it's, once you all, it's, it's like unlocking a certain power. You know what I'm saying? Like you living, but you're not living until you really lock, tap into that spiritual power that you possess. And everybody possesses it. It's just about, you know, us being in mm -hmm. our way and us, you know, having so many things distracting us from our spirit. You know what I mean? What we involved in, what we want to do, what we want in our lives and things of that nature. But it's always if you stop and you listen, it's always something calling to you and it's coming from within. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's you. That's your spirit. That's, you know, some say God. You know what I mean? Don't ignore that. Really. Really, 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 what they say, uh, a water that plant, you know what I'm saying? Because it's so important, man. And I appreciate you bringing that energy to this to this conversation, for real. Man, I appreciate you giving me a platform to speak. Um, I don't, you know, share it for myself. I just hope people you know, feel more comfortable and get help. Mm -hmm. um, everybody has value. Everybody's not going to be kind. Everybody's not going to be understanding, you know. So don't feel strange to reach out to a stranger. Mm -hmm. Protect yourself. That's facts. Boundaries. Um, super, super, like, set your boundaries everywhere because if you don't protect your mental health, like, all the bad shit is just going to spill over in, in different aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. And it could be catastrophic. Yep. You know, for me, it's like the difference between you know, unemployment and a job that can change my life forever. Yep. You know, that's very important to me. So, protected at all costs. Absolutely, Marty. You got any final words for him? Marty, my bad. I forgot I was on mute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, um, no. Nah, I just want to say, no. Honestly, this this conversation did a lot. Um, hearing your experience. I mean, it's normally we, we sign out with everybody, but I'm, I I want to say to you, <laughs> like this conversation actually, I feel like it taught me a lot. Like it. Yeah, I honestly opened my eyes to like things I didn't actually like I guess realize or not even realize because like I knew but it's, you know the difference when you actually hear it from someone like I said you speaking today was a better explanation than I got from the damn doctor I had so you know what I mean mm -hmm. like it was very enlightening so I appreciate you coming to the platform and you know being open about your experience if I could suggest a couple of books I would definitely suggest um uh, Black Pain by Terry Williams, like I mentioned. Uh, Scott Peck, MD, Road Less Traveled. Uh, like one of the biggest points he made, uh, I'm gonna leave it off on this, is like he goes heavily into like the difference between like dependency and love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is something that can cause depression. And it's, you know, people often confuse the feeling of like, loving somebody or wanting somebody with like the feeling of something being a hobby, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I forgot what the exact word is, but you know, oh my God, I'm losing my chance uh, again. Um, <laughs> I do that all the time. But yeah, so like, about it. <laughs> I'm, as soon as I get off this, I'm lighting up, but yep. like, uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Yo, bro, listen. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Nah, I'm being. Let me tell you to to leave it. it let me tell you, bro. I fuck up on live all the time. This is just what I do. I will sit here and blank out, talk mad shit, then come back like, oh, that's where I was. This is what this platform is for, like us and our true selves, man. Sometimes we we blank out, man. It's all good. What happened? I found it. All right, bet. All right. So he explained um, when people are in your life and you pour into them and they do not pour into you, and like. If, if you're giving like energy and love or something to somebody, they're not giving it. They're just like eating off of you. Like people need to be aware that you know people like that are parasites. That's like, exactly what they are. Um, and the book opens up like, a lot of stuff. Like a lot of the regular triggers that you see day to day. Like when I read that book, I just started to notice things. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend it. And I'm thankful for both you brothers, uh, Trey. We definitely have to connect more. Marty, I just bro. met you so. I'm- you know anytime you know so it's all love i appreciate you guys yeah no doubt no doubt man and uh that's our episode of montings i appreciate everybody coming in and chopping it up with us for another episode we back next wednesday i'm not sure who i'm gonna have on you know what i'm saying i I might got something special planned might not but i might got something special planned you feel what i'm saying so we back next week with montings again same time same place once again shout out to my brother pascal the super dad you know, you got to do that. You got to get shirts or something that say Pascal or Super Dad with that same smile on it and like a logo. That's just going to be fire. Um, but yeah, man, we here with my man Pascal, the Super Dad, my man Marty Alamo. You know what I mean? We had we had a blast, man. We had a blast. Um, heavy content, of course, but this is all for us to learn from each other. You know what I'm saying? Some of us is probably going through it right now. And this is just to let everybody know, as black men, we not alone. You know what I'm saying? We may not know how to find different outlets, but at least here we see that, you know, things that we go through, we always assume it was a individual thing. No, nah, a lot of us are going through the same things and um, we have outlets. So holler at us. Let us know whatever y'all need uh, offline. You know what I'm saying? Mainly hit Marty, though. He loves when you hit him up personally, um, especially when he's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna let you rock. I try not to even laugh, but okay. <laughs> 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 Let me stop fucking with y'all, buddy. <laughs>